Have you ever read a book that made such a difference for you that you just start recommending it to everyone or you feel like it should be obligatory literature? Well, I have at least five of those for you today. And they are so powerful, at least they were for me, so much so that one of them actually helped me come out of chronic fatigue, a very big step at least. One more helped me look at the world and at myself differently. It really shifted my worldview. One gave me a very powerful tool in my healing journey. And yet another one actually showed me that I resonated a lot with stories and accounts of traumatized people and that showed me that I actually had trauma that I hadn't recognized inside of myself. These books are mainly on spirituality and trauma which go very much hand in hand because when you are on the spiritual path you are actually looking at your own trauma in order to heal it which is why these ones are a little bit in those two categories but I will be giving you a list of many more books so that you can read to your heart's content around either trauma or spirituality. My name is Christine Reffo and you are listening to Vibe Empowered. Before we start with the books, let me just set the scene a little bit for you. One thing that I noticed when I was in a really bad place and was looking for answers, what you naturally do is you look towards books super concentrated knowledge and wisdom. But what I did is I was looking for best-selling books on mindset or personal development, and they did not give me the answers that I needed whatsoever. And they actually pushed me even deeper into despair, which was sort of my comfort zone, I guess. My uncomfortable comfort zone was to go into despair. But if you think that a best-selling book is best selling because it is so good that's actually not at all the case if you read enough of the best-selling books first of all you'll notice that they're mainly all from white men and very often from white middle-aged men and when you read enough of them you'll notice always the same names a little bit left pocket right pocket in their forwards in their afterwards in their um, you know, in their gratitude mentions, it is a little bit of a boys club up there. And I do understand that what they were writing in these books was possibly helping themselves and helping other men or other people in similar situations. But that doesn't actually mean that it applies or that it helps you in your specific situation. It already changes massively if you are a woman because you go through a very different life than a man does. You have a very different experience. And if that person wasn't initially in a situation that you were in, then they can't really trace the steps for you because they were never in that same starting place. So I had to learn that best-selling wasn't necessarily that these books were of great quality to begin with because there is a lot of um, marketing and pay-to-play around it. There's a lot of, you know, like I said, left pocket, right pocket, um, marketing the book to other people's audiences and that kind of stuff. But then also... Even if there are really great books and they have a lot to offer, they may not be right for you at all or just not right now. 
just not right now for where you are at. So do not despair if these best-selling books haven't really given you the answers that you were looking for. So what I actually started doing is instead of reading the bestsellers and instead of reading all the stuff on mindset, I actually came into reading a lot more on spirituality, on healing and on trauma. And this is where the answers started to come in for me. So what's the difference? Because mindset can help you and is hugely important. The thing is this, if you've read my book or listened to it, which is the second um, published episode on this podcast, we have multiple bodies. We have a physical body, then we have a mental body, which is where all your thoughts are. So mindset work would come into this mental body, right? Where you adjust your focus, you adjust how you think, you um, change your beliefs, that kind of stuff. You also have an emotional body. In your emotional body, there are all the emotions stored that you haven't worked through. So all the lower emotions that you didn't want to feel. Now, I believe, and this is nothing that, you know, I can verify, but I believe that the physical body and the mental body are very masculine. Men are very, just by nature, you know, and everyone has masculine and feminine energy in themselves, but just very stereotypically speaking, men are very action-oriented. So that's the physical body, the behavior, very action-oriented, and they're very reasoning and logical and um, sort of scheming, not in a negative way, just reasoning. And women tend to be a lot more in their emotional body. You know, women feel their emotions and are very un unjustly are called emotional as, as a derogatory term, but they feel their emotions, they're connected to their emotional body, and then they're also very connected to their own intuition. You know how they say that, which is the energy body. You know how they say um, that women have a sixth sense. Well, we do, and men do too, everyone does, but I think the feminine energy is much more connected to the emotional body and the energy body. And as a result, I believe, as I've seen in myself, that mindset isn't necessarily the fastest or the best way to heal, especially not for women. I'm just going to put it out there. We can dig a lot of holes into my theory, but it's just sort of some observations that I've had. The second thing I want to say about reading books is that I made a really big mistake around reading books. And here's what it was. Because I was in such a tragic place, uh, financially, mental health wise, physically in chronic fatigue and all that, I was very much in survival. And when you are in survival, you feel rushed and you feel hurried, which is just a natural consequence of the fear you have inside of yourself all the time, which the body and the nervous system couldn't eject and work through. Peter Levine, by the way, great book if you want to read upon nervous system regulation. I'm not going to talk about that book, but it's a great book. Because you feel so rushed, because I felt so rushed, I was so in survival, I felt like I had to tick the boxes and I was reading the books so as to have read them not to gain any benefit out of them. Do you understand the difference? I was trying to have read it because I felt like the more books I read, the more I will be 
better because somewhere I felt like I wasn't good enough. So I didn't do any of the exercises in the book or very few of them if I remember at all. You know, sometimes they give you things to do on a daily basis. Well, I wasn't really able to hold a habit and I wasn't believing enough in any of those books. And probably I could also add in a layer of intuition that maybe I knew those things weren't going to make a difference for me. I say this in hindsight, I may have tried a lot of the stuff that was actually written in some of those books, but probably abandoned after a while when I didn't see any results from them. So I was rushing through the books because I felt like completing the book was the objective. And that is not at all true. You can read a book chapter by chapter. You can read a chapter 10 times before you move on. You can wait a month before you read another part of it. The objective is that you get as much as you can out of the book that you're reading. If you really believe that there is something there for you. I remember some of my mentors talking about having read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill like 20 times, which brings up the question of a certain obsession, but it's also really a lot of dedication to, you know, taking a book and really going all the way with it, experimenting with it and seeing whether what that book says is actually true. So I'm actually going to do the same. It's the third time I'm starting Think and Grow Rich. I've never finished it. I've never done the exercises. I've written out that, um, that self-affirmation statement. I don't even know what it's called anymore, you see, multiple times, but I've never really done anything with it. So this is my commitment in this episode to myself and to you that I will actually do what the Think and Grow Rich book tells me to do. And then I will report back probably in two or three months whether it's actually working. So this is a one book that's not on my list because I can't vouch for it yet. <laughs> but this is something that I'm doing to actually honor a book and give it as much time as it needs if I see that there's value in it or if somebody that I trust tells me there's value in it. Okay, moving on. Another thing about the books is timing. Sometimes a book comes to you exactly in the moment where you need it and sometimes you're forcing books down your throat when they have absolutely no value for you. With time you will start developing a sense for what book can actually help you and what book is a waste of time. And what I believe is that it always depends where the author is at in terms of their own understanding of the world. If their understanding is more advanced than yours, let's say spiritually, so they understand the world at a higher truth than you do, that book is of value to you. If the author is on a lower vibrational area than you, and I'm going to go into the vibrational chart because that's one of that's actually the first book I'm going to talk about. But if, if an author is on a lower vibration than you, then they may not really have anything of interest to tell you. And that's where you probably feel repelled by their... Um, by their writing because maybe you notice there's a lot of anger in there or that they have a lot of you know unresolved problems that they're just creating theories around that is when a book is not serving you and you will notice that with time so that's just the third point around books now let's get started with the list the first book is power versus force by dr david hawkins not stephen David, this is such a good book because essentially what it says is it establishes a map of consciousness of vibrations and he has done it in his own 
scientific method as he states it and he describes it for the first half of the book um, to my liking not the most interesting part to be honest but what comes out of it is this map of consciousness and what he says is that shame is the lowest vibration and all the way to the highest vibration it's enlightenment and we all hold these emotions inside of ourselves, right? But it's about how much you hold of it inside of yourself. If you feel super ashamed, it's such a low vibration and your life will be at that level, which means health issues, financial problems, poverty. It means you are hiding because you feel so ashamed as to who you are so that you would actually hide all of you. Guilt, very different. Guilt is the next one higher up. Guilt is I did a bad thing. Shame is I am bad. So guilt is a little bit better, but it's still a super stuck energy that you will that will hold you back in your life. So he established this ladder of emotional vibrations. And what is so interesting about it is that at the level of 200, so I believe he goes from zero to a thousand, at the level of 200 is where you go from forcing life below the line to power above the line. When you're below the line, you are in a destructive place. Those emotions are destructive. So if you want to create something, and if you've been listening to this podcast, I've talked about it before that I had a, a podcast, I think two years ago now, and I wanted to create a podcast, but I destroyed it again. I took it down. And it's because I was still holding so many emotions inside of myself that were below this 200 level line which, which are destructive. So I actually, I hated my own voice. I couldn't be with it. I was so fearful around what would happen if certain people were finding my podcast because I had so much fear around it. So I had all of these destructive emotions inside of me on top of having many very good ones, right? So there it's, this is not all of me. This is not all of you. But if there are, to a certain degree, if there's too much of these low emotions, which are from shame to guilt, to fear, to jealousy and anger, anger very much a destructive energy, then they can take over. And so I had all the best intentions to start a podcast to help people and to share what I, what I knew, but I couldn't be with it and I started taking it down because I was forcing the podcast I had to overcome, I had to break through all of my resistance in order to put that podcast out into the world, but then my willpower ran out. Willpower never lasts. And this is where it is so important to reduce these lower emotions that are below the 200 level line. Super important line. This is where my whole worldview changed from understanding this because I could witness it inside of myself. And then if you come above the line, which really happens by doing a lot of forgiveness meditations letting go of resentment and anger, um, forgiveness helps with that, coming into a place where you feel safe, energy healing, mindset work, all of this super good stuff that you can do that you end up doing anyway when you're on the spiritual journey because you're really emptying out that reservoir of old emotions. Then you come above the line, and this is really the hell place. This is where life feels like hell. But when you come above the line, that's when you come into being empowered. That's where you come into your power. 
And this is yet again why I named the podcast this way, Vibe Empowered, because that's where you step into the creative force. This is where you no longer have to break through because there is nothing to break through. You There's nothing to overcome and you, you basically flow. You are in flow and life can take you higher very naturally because you stop putting the handbrake on all the time. You've literally let go of the handbrake and the car can start rolling. And by being in your power, you actually recognize that you are in charge of your own life and you can create it the way that you desire it, that you are in charge. It's such a powerful, no pun intended, it's such a powerful place to be. And this is above the line of the vibration 200. Now, the map of consciousness is copyrighted. So you can purchase the book or any of his works. I believe it's in in, mentioned in many of them and discussed in many of them. You can also Google it, Map of Consciousness by Dr. David Hawkins, and you will probably still find some Google images of it. Um, but I'm not allowed to reproduce it here for you. This book means everything to me because when you understand that you hold resistance to life, that it's you who's holding yourself back, who has put the anchors down behind you while you're trying to press the gas pedal and you're pulling the handbrake at the same time, this is burnout material and I've burned out multiple times. So for me to understand that I had to undo the resistance I had inside of myself, which were essentially all of these lower emotions. And then you come into a place where life feels so easy and so flowy, where you are in the river of life with your canoe pointed downstream and not upstream. You recognize you no longer have to pedal. And this is where you come out of this hustle porn culture. Hustling and working day and night and um, is still working out of a place of fear for many, not always. There's a difference between hustling and actually working hard. There's a difference. But so many people live still in the force area. And the moment you have undone that force part, you come into the flow part, into the powerful part. So Power Versus Force, David, Dr. David Hawkins, super, super cool book. The second one is actually also by him because I just think he's amazing. And it's a skill I have learned from his book, Letting Go. That's his book, Letting Go. He goes through all of the emotions and explains them. I think every emotion has a chapter, if I remember correctly. And he explains not just um, the main emotion around them, but he breaks them down into all the sub-emotions that exist. I think in psychology, they talk about six main emotions being happiness, sadness, disgust, anger, fear, and then one more that I'm missing now. Well, he breaks it up into basically thousands of emotions. If you're really aware of yourself, anger isn't equal to rage isn't equal to resentment, isn't equal to uh, loathing. They're all different emotions, but they all come under the category of anger. So in this book, he first of all describes all of these emotions, but he also describes a technique on how to let go of your emotions. 
And letting go is probably the most important skill we all have to learn because somewhere we're actually holding on. We're holding on to the resentment. We're holding on to the injustices that have been done to us. We want to understand better what's been going on. I said this in the last episode. I was still looking at everything that happened to me and was digging and was finding more reasons to be angry, but I hadn't mastered the skill yet of actually letting it all go. And this is why on so many very deep Instagram accounts, you'll see quotes saying, let go or forgive and let go. Very important skill to learn, not an easy one to learn at all. But this book is a great, great starting point. Letting Go by Dr. David Hawkins, book number two. The third book is Escaping the Drama Triangle by a couple that are Dr. Weinhold, Weinhold, I don't know how you would say that in English, Escaping the Drama Triangle. When I read this book, which was recommended to me by my coach back in the day, I kid you not that I had a very big aha moment that actually clicked me out of chronic fatigue by a very good step. And what I understood was the following. I was in chronic fatigue because of boundaries or rather a lack of boundaries. It was my own protective mechanism that I felt like or I had adopted in order to be safe, right? A protective mechanism is always to be safe. And I was creating chronic fatigue in myself because I felt like I needed to be so low in life, so clearly lower than anybody else that I knew, so that no one would possibly want anything from me, they wouldn't come and ask anything from me, they wouldn't come to look for me, and they wouldn't take anything from me. Because what had not occurred to me is that I could say no. No didn't exist. No wasn't respected where I came from. So no, as in order to set a boundary that I had a right to my own, I guess people call it sovereignty, that I had my own designs, my own needs, my own desires that did not exist where I came from. So I created a protective mechanism that was to go into chronic fatigue, have no money, have nothing to offer, have no energy in order to be dangerous to no one. I was never going to have more money than someone, be prettier than someone, um, because I actually, I was also picking my skin a lot, which was a self-harming protocol I had installed. And it was because I didn't want to be more beautiful than anyone. I didn't want to cause anyone any reason to attack me. And that's why I went into all of this chronic fatigue, poverty, um, self-harming designs. The self-harm has is a little more complicated, but this was part of it. And when I read this book, there was something about it that just snapped me out of it. When I understood that this was the reason I snapped out of it. And I remember I had, I was just reading it. I went into the kitchen and it's like it clicked and something fell away from me. And I had probably 10 times more energy than I did just a couple of minutes prior. Super powerful. They also give you um, questions you can answer, sort of journal about them. And I think what they're really saying, which is so important, is my interpretation now is they're really talking actually about this line of 
power versus force that I just described to you. They're talking about, are you being a victim, which is really, are you in these lower vibrations where you're blaming and you feel like people need to come and save you and life is so unfair and you know, you've just had a bad start and poor you. That's when you're in these lower vibrations where you're not in your power. And that's when you are a victim to life. And then actually coming into your power where you recognize you're the one who's going to save yourself. You're the one who's shaping your life. You're the one who can let go and you can basically take charge of your own life. And they're really talking about that difference between being a victim or being in charge of your life, which I would kind of liken to the first book I just described in terms of them actually setting the scene. And this book here, The Escaping the Drama Triangle, actually very specifically trying to give you awareness as to where you're still being a victim. Escaping the Drama Triangle, third book. Then the fourth one is a book on spirituality and it's Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda. Apparently, this was Steve Jobs' absolute favorite book. I do not know if that's true, but I read it and it's a super cool book. It's very long, but it's the story of Paramahansa Yogananda, his autobiography of him coming into yoga and into onto the spiritual path already as a very very young kid and and it's very cool because it talks about you know the connection to source and conversations with source and what is even possible when you are super super connected and um, when you receive cities they're called when you receive spiritual gifts where you have these supernatural powers like he talks about looking for his mentor because he just knew his guru was somewhere and he goes to all these to all these established yogic spiritual teachers and they can produce perfume just out of thin air they can just produce a scent or um i don't even remember anything else i think they can turn into animals like just just really out there wild stuff but then you recognize it's a freaking autobiography it's real stuff it's they're talking about the supernatural gifts that you receive when you are on the spiritual path, which I also, I'm just going to add, I've always been told it's not about having supernatural gifts. It's really about you becoming your true self. So those things are just cool accessories. But this book is just really interesting. Interesting if you want to know more about really advanced spiritual connection. So I'm just going to leave it at that. It's a very cool story. And then the last book I'm going to talk about is When the Body Says No by Gabor Mate. This is a book purely on trauma and he particularly goes by case studies. And I find that so powerful because by chronicling these case studies and really describing them in detail, you come so close to a person's life and you can actually see what resonates with you. The whole premise of the book is that eventually if you don't deal with your trauma with your emotional load with your maybe toxic negative thoughts then at some point your body will say no and i resonate with this so much because when i burned out i wanted to get up in the morning to force myself to go to work it was like no you need to keep going you're going to work now i was paralyzed my body literally said no i could force my body up every single other day with a lack of sleep under super stressful you know conditions um i could force it to work out with me but on at some point my body gave way 
and was paralyzed in bed when I was trying to get up. And that's when you realize that, first of all, you're kind of separate from your own body because there's a part of you that decides to get up and there's a part of you that decides not to. But you also recognize that there is, I want to say actually sort of a friendship or a um, an, un, an, an understanding between you and your body. And if you treat your body really shittily, it will tell you eventually. And the body's communication is disease, it's aches and pains, it's um, fatigue, a lack of vitality, it's you know, really unhealthy skin. Those are all ways that the body is trying to talk to you and we just have to learn the language again. Now, this is not necessarily what's in the book. I just wanted to add that to the whole story. But the book itself is actually about these case studies and they're detailed out so, so much that you can really find yourself in some of these stories. And I really understood that I had a lot of trauma when I when I resonated with some of the things that were going on there. And because he basically shows the problem that people had also with their body and then what the emotional work was behind it. So super powerful book, very much on trauma. So you kind of have to want to go there when you read that book. But I thought it was fascinating. I'm also obviously very interested in these things. All right, so these are the five major books that I would recommend to anybody to read first. I have given this list to other people before, which is why it was very easy for me to make this episode out of them. I think these are absolutely phenomenal because they kind of set the scene, they teach you a skill, they show you how much you are in victim consciousness or how much you are already creating the life you desire and they give you prompts to journal on to work through. The autobiography of a yogi gives you like this cool, um, this cool understanding of what can happen if you're really connected to source, and and then there is one on trauma that can basically show you how much of that are you holding inside of yourself. So this is just a powerful, powerful list in my opinion. I just want to give you a couple of books just sort of on the side that I think are really good too. The Conversations with God. God, I know not everyone is cool with the word. I wasn't cool with the word for a very long time. Um, it's still a very, very amazing trilogy of books where the author, I believe it's Neil Donald Walsh, channeled the books. So he actually started getting super angry with God and just basically <laughs> told him how shit life was and that it's all his fault and all that. And then God started talking to him. That's the official story. And he then chron chronicled, that's my, my word of the day. And he started writing down the conversations he was having. This is the result, the conversations with God. They do explain a lot around just how life works again. And another book on trauma is The Body Keeps the Score. I believe that's 700 pages or more. It's a hefty read. It is a very good book again. And notice again, here it's about the body. The body keeps the score. If you have trauma, your body will suffer from it and your body will show that there is trauma. Very cool book. Again, you'd need to be very much into sort of trauma talk and MRIs of, you know, and brain scans of how the brain lights up differently for different people when they've gone through trauma. But a super popular book and has been extremely helpful to so many people to understand what's been going on with them. So I do not want to miss out on mentioning it. You will also notice maybe a conspicuous absence of some other books. 
And the likelihood is that I kept them absent from this list for a reason. I just don't think they're very good. I'm not a big fan of Joe Dispenza. It's just me. He has a huge following, a very devoted following. I just can't be with it. The books are interesting, but they didn't really give me any value. So um, if they're for you, all the better. Whatever helps, you know, do it. I didn't really get any value from them. So they're for me, they're definitely not on the list. And what I've noticed actually in hindsight, is there a single book written by a woman that I just mentioned? Only the Escaping the Drama Triangle and there is in it's the couple. So there's a woman in there, which is so sad. We just we really just need more female authors talking about their way out. So maybe just also read my book. It's a small book. It, it was sort of like a tester. I do have plans for one day of writing a really big extensive book on how to you know survive this whole spiritual awakening um, until then we will make do with the books that we have available unfortunately many of them are written by men but these ones are actually good ones i promise let me know which ones you're planning to read i'm very curious and I'm going to leave a list of them in the show notes. You can just download the file in case you're maybe driving or you didn't have time to capture every single name I mentioned. Do not worry, I have your back. List in the show notes. And do let me know which ones you are planning to read or maybe you have read one already and what you thought of it. I will talk to you very soon. If you are still here and you haven't subscribed to be notified when I publish a new episode, I would love you to do that. I am steadily improving and I'm also bringing out much, much better content as I go. So please follow me along. Let me know that you've appreciated this podcast or anything that I'm saying. And then I will see you soon again. 